Welcome back to another week of Lancer Live. This is Jeff Hawes, president for Eastern Wyoming College. And I'm excited to have in the studio today uh, our vice president of student academic services, John Hansen. Good morning, everyone. And a new addition to our staff, uh, Amber Holden, who now joins us as a grant writer. Say hello, Amber. Hi, everyone. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So today, uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time uh, getting to know Amber. Um, Amber uh, comes to our college bringing a great deal of experience and knowledge, and um, she uh, comes from the region, and I think we're going to have very, some very exciting things to talk about. But right here on the front end, Amber, can you tell me where you grew up and, and uh, um, where you've spent uh, you know, the past uh, 20 years or so? You bet. So I was actually born in Laramie, but when I was four, we moved to Gearing, Nebraska, and I grew up there. My parents still live there. Um, I went to Western Nebraska Community College my first year um, of college and then transferred to UW. And so I was in Laramie for about 18 years and then in Cheyenne, and now I'm excited to get back up here to this part of the state. Outstanding. And so uh, you're coming into a, a role that is not necessarily new to you, um, but you've had a couple of different experiences in your background, and grant writing has been a part of that. And I would, if you could, tell us a little bit about uh, your prior work experiences uh, here in the state of Wyoming. Sure. The first grant I ever wrote, I think I was 19 years old, some friends and I wanted to hold a mountain biking race in Laramie, and there was a tourism grant that we could get $1,500 for. And so I wrote that. I fell in love with the process. I thought it was just magical that people would give you money if you just write a case for why you want it. Um, and then after graduating from UW, I found myself at WyoTech in Laramie um, in a job that had me writing grants. And so I've been doing it ever since. Um, I spent 13 years at WyoTech helping write grants and do fundraising. And then I started my own business, which also involved some grant writing on the private side. And then about three years ago, I was able to go and start fundraising for LCCC in Cheyenne. So I made the move to Cheyenne and did that. And now I'm excited to have this new opportunity up here in Torrington. So one of the things that we're excited about, and I, if I could, I'm going to ask John real quickly. Um, the funding of this position is, is unique in the fact that uh, um, we have multiple funding sources that uh, have made a three-year commitment in funding this particular grant. And could you talk about that briefly, John? Yeah, thank you, Dr. Haas. Um, it really is unique. Uh, the EWC Foundation and Goshen Economic Development have joined forces with the college to look at a, a dynamic position that's going to help raise kind of all three organizations. And so um, one of the main roles of the community college is to focus on workforce development. You know, if we're educating people and doing it the right way, um, we're preparing them for the next jobs of tomorrow. And that was one of the things that really hit us about Amber's uh, kind of, uh, you know, when she applied for the job is her, you know, dynamic background in workforce development. And so, um, we look at each of the entities working together, thinking about the role of the college. How do we train people for the future? How do we help spur jobs here, entrepreneurship? Uh, it certainly is a great fit. Well, and that's one of the things that are exciting um, when we just look at Amber's background, especially coming out of uh, a, a private organization uh, like WyoTech that has a just a phenomenal history of training people, uh, again, 
to go into diesel mechanics and, and highly skilled trades. And and then to also have that experience to work with another community college in the state of Wyoming, especially one that's very driven and, and has drawn a lot of grants to support student success. Uh, that's something that we're very interested in on our campus. And so when we talk about uh, that particular concept, John, that you just brought up of you know workforce development and training people for, for the jobs in this region, uh, Again, is some of the programs we brought on last spring, talking about training um, people, people to, helping people to obtain their CDL license, so they can drive for for local companies, um, helping train welders that can work in uh, manufacturing manufacturing in the energy industry, as well as preparing young people. Um, I shouldn't even just say young; it could be someone looking at reskilling, uh, reskilling their own. Uh, life, so they could go work in the ag sector. Uh, so look at those industries in our backyard. So Amber, what are some of your thoughts? That what are the things that you think are important in your experience in grant writing? And you've gotten to know our Torrington campus, and I think over the coming months we're going to have you spend some time in our Douglas campus. But when we're talking about these communities here, especially here in Torrington, what are some of the things that you think are uh, are special and unique? Yeah, I think there's so much. The the thing that stands out the most for me about this community um, in relation to grants is when we look at the federal and state funds that are available now and that will be coming online, they're really focused in three big areas. One is energy and natural resource support. Um, another one is agriculture. And then another one is entrepreneurship and innovation. And I think EWC with the campus in Douglas and the campus in Torrington is really well poised to play a big role um, in supporting students going into any of those fields, but also its role in the community as a community partner and supporting those industries um, in whatever way a community college would in the truest sense of that word. Well, John, if you could share a little bit about the types of partnerships, because I know you and Amber have already spent some time talking about how do we connect with our local industry? How do we connect with our K-12 partners? How do we, and can you talk a little bit about what maybe some of your thoughts and strategies are on how we can achieve that? Um, and you don't have to go into great detail, but sure, maybe give a couple sure. of examples. You know, and, and it's amazing. Um, already this morning, I was just showing Amber that, uh, you know, our workforce director has already sent us a grant over for CDL. And so I think what people are going to see is a complete pivot and a shift uh, from being able to respond. And, and one of the things that we're seeing down the pipeline is all of this in, in our infrastructure dollars that are being provided by the federal government uh, to our state. And then it'll be an application process. And so Amber really gives us a lot of opportunity to go after and pursue those things. Um, I know one of the things that we've talked about, Dr. Haas, is uh, you know ensuring that Amber is out there in our community, uh, holding listening sessions, um, and everywhere where there's a partnership where the college can live. And so an example of that might be a health and wellness center, looking at just the, the overall community health and how, what is the college's role in that. And, of course, anytime that you look at doing anything in the community, providing help, aid, growth, it does take dollars and it takes funding. And so that's where I really see Amber's strength is holding a lot of listening sessions uh, with our community groups, also with our local schools. We know when the community college is poised, when we're poised, when EWC is is living inside of our K through 12 system, 
uh, it's able to make everything better. And in fact, one of the exciting things that we're working on right now with the local library is a makerspace. And so bringing technology, innovation, um, you know, and all of these things are just they're going to keep percolating up. And so uh, partnerships and Amber really gives us that opportunity. Well, actually, let's talk about that just for a second. So a makerspace, and this is something that is designed to help allow not just a classroom, but a community of individuals have access to really some technologies uh, that they could use to explore. And I'd like to maybe give an example. Uh, I know, for example, in our welding program, we actually have they utilize 3D printers as part of the educational process. Of course, having something tucked away in a lab that has a specific use doesn't necessarily open that up to the whole community. And a makerspace could potentially do that where we bring that 3D printer into a, a central location and then maybe a student could be studying something for a, a chemistry class and they want to print out a 3D model of an atom. I, I'm just Right, right. I mean, there's, it's... We, create, we can create spaces around our campus that uh, would allow students and all faculty, all students and all faculty to explore. But could you talk a little bit more about this particular makerspace, where its location will be, and why that was uh, selected as the location? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and of course, things are still uh, being hammered out here. But um, you know, our local library has just been doing amazing things. It kind of started off with their anniversary um, and the different projects. And so, Larry Curtis. Uh, you know, working with Donna White, headed up uh, kind of this exploratory thing with UW uh, to really look at bringing a makerspace to Torrington. And so as a college, that's where we're going to be holding discussions with the library, looking at the library annex and thinking about, can we put a makerspace there? And so I see that as just kind of the prime example of the community college being invested in the community. And, and you know, just for me personally, it's been a passion project of mine. Uh, I have a high school student. I have two kiddos in middle school. And to be able to give them that opportunity for technology. Um, when we went and visited San Francisco, it was pretty amazing. In their makerspace, they had kids that were 9, 12, 13 years old, and they were just in there producing trinkets for the tourists. And so the point is this, is that uh, we have to be leading on all fronts. And the more opportunity we have to take technology and get it in the hands of kids, students, young adults, any age, uh, that really will help our community progress. So, and of course, we have scenarios where... Uh, we're a six-county district. Uh, we have schools, you know, like Hewlett, as far as five, yep. six hours away. And a potentially, makerspaces, again, could be something that we're not only utilizing on our campuses, utilizing in the local libraries, utilizing in our K-12 systems. And there are ways that we could actually provide outreach tools and resources to help spur opportunities for people to explore new things. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, that's one of the strokes of genius that you've had is how, how do we look at, you know, vitalizing our area communities? We do serve uh, nearly, you know, this 25,000 square miles uh, of space in six different counties. And and that would be just be a great, I guess, learning activity uh, as the college reinvesting in those communities. So and which is the reason why we're excited that Amber is here. Because she really gives us those opportunities to chase those kinds of dreams and uh, and make them realities. So, and you just shared just a minute ago, um, and it is exciting with Donna White, because I just saw that email scroll yes. across my screen, uh, is she's identifying some grant options that, uh, again, we can put some focus on with Amber. And if we could uh, transition just for another minute, um, 
talking about community and listening in the community, um, every every five years in the community college, excuse me, I, I actually need to restate that, every three years by state law, a community college has to complete what we call a facility master plan. And we're actually in that third year, and we initiated that process uh, actually back in January of 2023. By December of 2023, we actually plan to have that particular, uh, our next facility master plan that will govern the types of things that we uh, will work and develop as projects for the college uh, will now be in writing. Um, Amber actually was uh, brought in with a company that um, was the successful bidder in our process, and that was MC2 out of Cheyenne. Sheridan. Oh, Sheridan. Yep. Yes, thank you. I'm glad I had uh, you in the in the studio to make sure I'm accurate on that. So MC2 is, a uh, uh, again, an engineering firm that helps uh, districts like uh, Eastern Wyoming College specialize in, uh, in how, or they specialize in helping package uh, something like a facility master plan that really guides future investment of the college. So one of the things we did through that process is, is uh, and especially in phase one where we're trying to hear from all the various programs at the college, the faculty, the staff, the students, we had listening sessions. And we actually, uh, um, back in uh, the early and late spring, had met with our community stakeholder, I mean, met with our internal stakeholders. But we also had listening sessions where we had a day where we brought in our foundation leadership, our local economic development leadership. Uh, we had uh, brought in our K-12 school systems for listening sessions, talking about what types of partnerships and strategies could we employ for the future. And I'm confident that Really, those were group meetings. Now we're going to move to some more one-on-one -on -one meetings. Uh, now that Jam uh, Jamber Amber <laughs> has joined us directly as our as our lead grant writer. So I think in this process, Amber, what do you see as some of the types of meetings that that could bring some value? And and what do you what do you need to gain out of those meetings for information? Yeah, I'm really hoping that I can talk with a lot of the leadership in Goshen, Converse County, um, and all really all the counties in EWC's area and hear about what they're doing uh, in terms of grants. Are there opportunities for collaboration? One thing that when I was here with MC2 in my consulting work for them, um, one thing that was really apparent is that EWC has the support of its communities, and that can't really be said of all community colleges. Um, but it's. It, I think it's a real tribute to what what the college has been doing here. That there is so much buy-in from the community in terms of um, people who maybe love the athletic side, people who love the students, people who employ the students, people who have worked at the college generations and generations. And what we're hearing is, you know more than anything when we say how can how can EWC help you and what you're trying to accomplish they'll turn it around and say well what can we do to support the college and I think using that as a starting point you can't help but achieve great things um, and with the grant money that's available out there especially these extremely large six-figure grants uh, that hopefully EWC will be going for uh, there's just endless opportunities for collaboration with counties municipalities uh, businesses and so forth 
Well, on that note, I think that is a, a great place for us to wrap up today's program. I, John, would you like to share some final thoughts? Yeah, I just, um, of course, today is the day that we welcome all of the kids, um, saying K through 12, back to school, the parents. Um, you know, I had to dust off my skills of making pancakes, and I must admit they were uh, they were lacking, Dr. Haas. And uh, in the middle, it was a little doughy, my wife pointed out. So uh, what I'm saying is it's just one of those amazing times that I think as parents, for us as a college, like we're welcoming people back with open arms. And the greatest thing about the semester is it's just it's an opportunity to invest in people's dreams, whatever they're going to be, whatever they're going to become. Our teachers, uh, you know, they just work tirelessly at that. And it's just I think that's the genius of the community college. It's the best system in the world of higher education because it directly impacts people's lives. And so, um, you know, it's just it's a wonderful thing to have Amber here talking about the future, thinking and dreaming. Uh, and that's what's going to lead us to success as a community college. Well, with that final note, uh, I want to thank both uh, our Vice President for Student Academic Services, uh, John Hansen, and our new um, grant writer for our college, uh, Amber Holden. And we're excited about the work that we're about ready to tackle. And uh, we're confident for our community that, um, again, I think over the coming weeks and months, uh, I think many of you will have an opportunity to meet Amber as we start reaching out, trying to figure out what types of partnerships uh, we can begin to develop and identifying things that we can do to help uh, bring uh, um, financial resources to support what can be some great projects uh, for, for our Torrington community. So with that, I would like to thank you all for joining us for another week of Lancer Live, and we will see uh, all of you next week.